We, this people, on a small and lonely planet traveling through casual space past aloof stars across the way of indifferent suns, to a destination where all signs tell us it is possible and imperative that we learn a brave and startling truth. And when we come to it, to the day of peacemaking, when we release our fingers from fists of hostility and allow the pure air to cool our palms, when we come to it, when the curtain falls on the minstrel show of hate, and faces sooted with scorn are scrubbed clean, when battlefields and coliseum no longer rake our unique and particular sons and daughters up with the bruised and bloody grass to lie in identical plots in foreign soil, when the rapacious storming of the churches, the screaming racket in the temples have ceased, when the pennants are waving gaily, when the banners of the world tremble stoutly in the good, clean breeze, when we come to it, when we let the rifles fall from our shoulders and children dress their dolls in flags of truce, when the landmines of death have been removed and the aged can walk into evenings of peace, when religious ritual is not perfumed by the incense of burning flesh and childhood dreams are not kicked awake by nightmares of abuse, when we come to it, then we will confess that not the pyramids, with their stones set in mysterious perfection, nor the gardens of Babylon hanging as eternal beauty in our collective memory, not the Grand Canyon kindled into delicious color by western sunsets, not the Danube flowing its blue soul into Europe, not the sacred peak of Mount Fuji stretching to the rising sun, neither Father Amazon nor Mother Mississippi, who without favor nurture all creatures in the depths and on the shores. These are not the only wonders of the world. When we come to it, we, this people, on this minuscule and kithless globe, who reach daily for the bomb, the blade, and the dagger, yet who petition in the dark for tokens of peace, we, this people, on this moat of matter, in whose mouths abide cankerous words which challenge our very existence, yet out those same mouths come songs of such exquisite sweetness that our hearts falter in its labor and the body is quieted into awe. We, this people, on this small and drifting planet whose hands can strike with such abandon that in a twinkling life is sapped from the living, yet those same hands can touch with such healing, irresistible tenderness that the haughty neck is happy to bow and the proud back is glad to bend. Out of such chaos, of such contradiction, we learn that we are neither devils nor divines. When we come to it, we, this people, on this wayward, floating body, created on this earth, of this earth, have the power to fashion for this earth a climate where every man and every woman can live freely, without sanctimonious piety, without crippling fear. When we come to it, we must confess that we are the possible we are the miraculous, the true wonder of this world. That is when, and only when, we come to it. It's a poem by Maya Angelou called The Brave and Startling Truth. Our thoughts are with everyone suffering in these wars around the world. We can do better. We must do better. This is the Tap Love Tour podcast. Tap. Um, uh, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Travis Knights. It is an honor, a 
pleasure, a privilege. I feel like there's like Tap Love Tour. This is a Tap Love Tour family reunion. Because things are digital these days, uh, reunions are, are, are strange. This is actually my first time uh, meeting and speaking to in like a non-email correspondence way to an OG listener, supporter, someone who's been like, go, 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 you know, in, the, in those dark days when we're like, why am I doing this for? Um, I think like one of the very first people to reach out in, in, in regards to uh, this podcast, the Tap Love Talk podcast, her name is Pamela Hetherington, the founder of Soundspace Performing Arts, the artistic director of the Philadelphia Jazz Tap Ensemble. There's a lot to talk about, but not only that. We're joined by someone who's celebrating their birthday, a phenomenal tap dancer, tap star himself, Connor Kelly, new new father. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Um, can we have a uh, a nerdy tapathetical conversation? <laughs> Tapathetically, yes. Hell yeah! So before we get into like the the reason why we're all here, which is I don't mean to use that tone. It's very important. Can you give me? Um, like a, an insider view into the uh, Philadelphia tap dance scene. What, what, what's it like? What does it smell like? What's, what's going on? Um, um, the first word that comes to mind is it's gritty. Ooh, say more. <laughs> um, I think we're a scrappy lot of people. Yeah. I think um, we are... Uh, deeply tied together, but we also were just scrappy. Um, what's coming to mind is uh, years ago when I first started working with Heather Cornell and she learned I was from Philadelphia and she said, Honey Coles was from Philly. And I said, yeah. And she's like, Honey Coles was, was really edgy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we are an edgy people mm. in Philly. Um, it comes because of the, uh, the street hoofing tradition. Yeah. Um, the challenge, the competition, the way in which we touch the floor, I think is different in Philly. Um, it comes from us um, learning from each other as opposed to it being a concert form, it's very much a street form. Mm. So the scene is, um, is, I don't know how to describe the scene. I mean, I started this studio uh, almost 10 years ago as a way to preserve the legacy of tap dance. And it's grown into like, you know, lots of other things, but. Um, well, you know, I'm not making any coherent sense about this. No, you're, you're making total sense. You know, there's like um, this, uh, how do I put it? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Canadian, so I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm not going to apologize, but I'm going to uh, lean into the uh, thank yous again. Um, when you reached out for this conversation, uh, I was and am like in the in like the depths of like 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 badness. Uh, my teacher has just passed away, right. and the uh, you know it's like I, I didn't really anticipate <laughs> what it would do to me, but um, uh, I I remember like going around with with my core Ethel Bruno tap dance family to like different tap dance festivals, and you could tell an Ethel Bruno dancer, mm -hmm. you could tell um, a Chicago dancer, you could tell a New York. Well, I, I believe I could tell like New York dancers, but the what's happening these days with uh, YouTube. And, and access to information is I feel like styles are, are becoming um, uh, more homogenous and less heterogeneous. And, and I wonder, you know, you talk about uh, preserving uh, tap dance, <clears throat> gritty. Can, can you describe the, the tapathetical style? So what does the street dance do to the dance? What does that grit to do for the dance? What? Yeah, I, I hear that. Um, well, my story is I came from a dancing school environment where I was wearing three-inch heels at age 10. Let's go. And then, um, I saw Bring Into Noise, Bring Into Funk in New York in 1995. I was 15. Wow. Like, I was like, what is this? You know, I didn't, had never seen that before. And um, I was always a very precocious tap dancing kind of kid. People were always like, oh, you tap, you know? Like, I had this ability to do it, at least you to do steps, you know? And then I was like, I want to do that, you know? 
And uh, that's how I met LeVon Robinson and he was still teaching at the University of the Arts. So that was sort of my introduction to like tap, you know, mm. as opposed to it being steps. So that was really where my education began. And the way that I learned when I was invited into that world, which was really just an adult class of LeVon people. And then um, I met Robert F. Burden Jr., who was sort of his protege, one of his protégés. Um, everything was sort of just like call and response. Mm. You know, and if you got it, you got it. And uh, Philadelphia has a very interesting kind of vibe. I mean, people come here and, they're, and they sometimes are like, even I'm surprised sometimes by how like angry we can be. <laughs> like we're not, we're not like, we're like a welcoming people, but um, you know, everything's, you know, kind of shut down unless or closed off in a way, you know? And um, I think LeVon was that way too. He was kind of territorial about his work. Mm. He didn't give out a whole lot. Um, he gave you, he gave you like a couple of steps and that was it. Um, and so that journey was, was quite long for me, you know, yeah. kind of trying to understand what that was like, nobody like handed it to me. Everybody was sort of like, you got what, you know, you got what step, you know, it was all, it was very much like that. Like ad adversarial. <laughs> I, mean, I, I tell people now, I think that, you know, I'm a, a very friendly tap teacher because uh, it wasn't friendly then, you mm. know, at least when I was in that room, mm. it was sort of like, you want to do what you want to learn what, like what, you know, and if you were able to pick it up, you picked it up. Um, with all that said, though, you know, and it actually, if you if you listen to Jermaine Ingram, she talks about the same thing. Like she started tap dancing at 33 and LaVon said to her, well, I'll come to the studio at 630 in the morning. Wow. I mean, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, like who's coming that early? Well, she watched That was what he was like. You know, if you come, then, you, you know, that means you're for real. Mm. There's some of that still. Um, kind of an, an initiation. Think, yeah. So, uh, so uh, you know, grit, street dancing, a little bit of a little bit of, uh, you know, I want I want to say like healthy anger. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, really don't know. I don't know. It's a challenge. <laughs> you know, even yeah. we have a Philadelphia Shim Sham, which um, I just a couple of years ago I put on YouTube, hmm. and it's different. It's on the one, and I there's a part in it where you do the tack Annie, and there's like a slide chug, and you like, and I tell people like, it is a total vibe. If you're not doing it the way, like, boom, it's not the right one, you know, or as opposed to tata, tata, it goes on, yeah, that, yeah. on that one. I don't yeah. really know who created that. Um, I mean, I learned it from LeVon and I guess at some point somebody decided we're going to make this Philadelphia Shim Sham, um, okay. which, is, which is different. You know, and if we do it in a concert kind of situation, people stand on one side, they start on the floor and then, the rest of us do, <laughs> do the other one. So, so in the in, in the tradition of uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up now. In the tradition of like Jane Goldberg and Marta Kern, what like the you, you got this like Brewtown tap dance festival? It, it, is is it? Did I have that right? Did I have that right? Brewery, yeah, brewery? brewery, rough brewery, brewery town. How the Canadians say it. Um, yeah. Well, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <clears throat> wait, hold on. Let me practice. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to drink this. I'm going to take a sip. Okay. Brewery. Wait. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I mean, it's sort of a made up neighborhood. It's where my yeah. studio is. It's really North Philadelphia. Okay. And like when we were talking, I have a, a sheet. It was like, well, what are we going to call this? I really didn't want to call it Philly Tap Festival because Philly is vast. Mm. I mean, it's like, it's so friggin' vast. I mean, there's Northeast Philly, there's South Philly, there's West Philly. For us to do a full-fledged, it seemed like it would just be, it, would, it, it didn't feel right to call it that. So I was like, yeah. well, let's start in the neighborhood because like I've been in this neighborhood for a while. So I know people like, we're going to go to the rec center and like go down the streets of the food hall and like, you know, make a whole thing in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And then um, make that sort of a gift to the neighborhood because like one of the things I like to do and have done for the last several years is just, you know, community projects are sort of my way of giving back all the stuff I've learned. Mm. You don't, you don't make any, well, we hope to make some money, but you don't make a lot of money at it. And there's so much work and it's like, 
epically hard to make everybody happy. And, you know, there's always somebody that's not happy and then, you know, but you do it anyway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, well, let's just um, do it here and, you know, center here. And if it grows, then it becomes, you know, a multi neighborhood something at one point, but. I love it. So, so you, you've, you've uh, told us your, your why, a little bit of your why, but can we dig deeper into that? Like, what is it that you're hope? Because, okay. <clears throat> I mentioned uh, Jane Goldberg, Marco, because uh, the, you know, back in the day in the late seventies, early eighties, it was, it was, uh, there wasn't festivals weren't a thing um, mm. and, until they were. And now tap dance festivals are a global phenomenon. Um, I was definitely raised in tap dance festivals. The amount of learning um, that happened for me, the connections with um, other students that happened for me. This podcast is really based on festival conversations that I just wanted to have and preserve forever. Okay. Is there something in particular that that uh, the Brewery Town Tap Dance Festival hopes to um, add or contribute to the conversation? Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk the whole time, so... Would, would you like me? Would you like me? Yeah. Take it away. Take it away. <laughs> well, it's hard. May I preface the whole thing by saying when I, I tap danced my whole life, and then I'm from Jersey. I'm from South Jersey, outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. So I tap danced my whole life in the studio by I was taught by Robin Passmore, and she was kind of my mentor who brought me to New York. So. I wouldn't even really consider myself a Philadelphia tap dancer, but uh, unintentional hiatus happened over the years. And I was out there being a rock star and partying and doing all that stuff. And, um, and then, you know, last year in December, well, I found out before that nine months before December, I found out I was having my daughter. So I decided to go back to college. <laughs> at uh, 29 years old. Mm -hmm. So I got accepted into college and I went back for advertising. And then through the program at Rowan University, I was linked up with Pam when Heather Cornell was in town. Mm. So I called Pam on the phone and I said, hey, is there parking around there? And <laughs> she, was like, <laughs> she was like, yeah, 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 just come. And I I'd never <laughs> met Pam. and um. So I come in and we we do the Heather, Heather Cornell class and we break down, I forget exactly what song it was, but we had a great time. Afterwards, Pam invites me to come back on Friday for something called the Philadelphia Jazz Tap Ensemble. So I come in there and then I think that was like January, maybe, mm -hmm. last January. And so now I'm all linked up with Pam. So the whole thing is, I'm like, Bryn, I fell in love with tap dance again. I'm back with with the teenage um, angst to get something done. You know what I mean? <laughs> at 30, at 31 now, at 30 years old, I'm back with that, right? So um, yes, yeah, it's a weird day to be describing time because I'm <laughs> turning 31 today. Um, so I'm back with the drive um, and I want to do something. I was also connected with uh, Kareen, who uh, runs something called UCTT, which is um, Uniting Colleges Through Tap Dance, which is also in Philly at the um, CEC, which is where um, Robert and I'm guessing LaVon, um, back in the day, were there mostly. And we have like oh. pictures of... Um, who's that? Like Buster Brown in there. Mm. And like it, it's an epic building. So I come to Pam and I say, let's throw a tap dance festival. Because my first tap dance festival, I believe, was D.C. in like early 2000s. Like Bakari was there, um, Jason Samuels, Jared, Chris brought in, like Joe Webb. It was just a full cast. Mm -hmm. And my favorite memory is the cutting contest in the dark studio room with everyone just sitting there like, <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and that feeling um Maya was there you know what I mean it was just that yeah. it was like that epic um magical feeling that I got back in the day mm. and there's all the stories and like so I really wanted to give that feeling but being Philadelphia 
I want, so we reached out to Robert, Kareen, obviously Jermaine, um, Diane, well, she was bringing Diane Monroe, who's, a, um, uh, what did she play? The Island. I wanted to say fiddle so bad. I don't know yeah. why, but <laughs> it's not what I call it by the way. So we reached out to all these people and there's more, there's a plethora of names, but it's, I feel like it is my job to inspire the thing to happen in order for the Philadelphia people to put their ideals and, you know, tell their story. It's not my place to, mm. to do what I want to do. Not that this isn't what I want to do, but it's not my, it's not my town. You know what I mean? I think I came with the um, inspiration yeah, and it's kind of forming itself as it's happening because we want to give a feeling not i mean there is class times but we want to provide the feelings and and the conversations and the knowledge rather than here come take this class get this combination you know what i mean and, yeah 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 you know just, what what you're describing is is, is really like beautiful uh, early 2000s uh dc and, and like being being around these people um, I, I feel like my first festival was in 96, maybe it's like, it's been, it's, it's been so long, but you know, the, having the opportunity to, to meet uh, the masters that were still around and kicking and, and, and throwing down in terms of steps and wisdom. I think about, you know, the young people that are coming up today that don't necessarily have access to those masters who have to hear secondhand from people who, you know, uh, had spent any time with them. I think it's like really important uh, as you're reminding me that these festivals give young people access to the pe the current people that are involved um, uh, in, in the whole sector of tap dance and uh, jazz culture. Uh, so uh, kudos to you, good on you for um, putting this all together. Can you describe, like, um, you know, is is there a theme that you're all are pursuing? Uh, classes, that, like, what can people expect from uh, the festival? Um, I think the theme <laughs> is, and will be. I mean, if we continue to do this, the theme is very much centered in legacy. Hmm. Um, another. Thing I've been thinking about is conven convening in that like so I, I just turned 44 last week so I'm a Libra also happy belated birthday everybody coming <laughs> to this festival and teaching are people I've grown up since I was a child the mm. very first hat festival that was ever here was in 1996 nice. and it was created by Beverly Rossmeyer who was a colleague of Jane Goldberg's and she brought Buster Brown here, Jimmy Slide. And so that was like me, me, like my mind, you know, yeah. Explode it. We don't have a, uh, a way of documenting our history here in a way that pres is preserving it for the next generation. And it scares me. Mm. Um, the studio that I built is sort of one way of doing that, but I mean, we don't have a way of, of making people understand how important it is here, the legacy and the history that is here. Steve Condos, Honey Coles, Teddy Hale, all these wow. people that are all over Broad Street performing at all times. Juanita Pitts. I mean, there's so many people. Jermaine Ingram's um, documentary, Plenty of Good Women Dancers, it turns 30 this year. So we oh. also do something, you know, and that was 1994. I mean, can you imagine how much work she did to get those people on a, a television camera before the age of the internet? Oh my she goodness. would find them all. And wow. then she made a film about it. And then they did a show about it. Like wow. the work that we have to do doesn't even come close to that. What work am I doing every day to do what that work entailed? You know, I'm just opening sure. up and teaching a class. That's not enough. You know, we have to be um, radically putting people in a room so that the scene advances. We don't do enough. Like, I don't think the festival model as it's sort of evolved is really giving that extra concept and aspect to it. I think what Jane Goldberg tried to do in 1980, which I mean, Jane Goldberg is another person where visionary, mm. you know, she was able to do that. And she has, she was ahead of her time. You know, over time, it sort of turned into, you know, let's grab a combination, not to say that's a bad thing, but like, you know, it, it there has to be something that's, you know, 
every year we are preserving something, we are advancing something. Mm. So at least for all of us, I mean, and it's great that Connor like popped into the, <laughs> I feel like he's like the little, um, <laughs> the little, like, I don't know, cage rattler. He's like, come on guys, let's all get together. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. I know what I mean, it's been great because otherwise we wouldn't all be getting together. And, yeah. and because we're all gonna be in the same room doing stuff and talking and doing all that, like what else can we do, right? We don't know unless we get together and do that. Right. And you know, whatever comes out of that weekend is gonna be something tangible that we can grab onto and move forward as opposed to just doing what we always do, which is teaching class, getting people in a room, you know, putting a show together, whatever. But this, this feels like um, a real meeting of the minds. And, you know, uh, there's a there's a like an African proverb proverb that I'm gonna mess up, uh, but it, it says something to the effect that uh, if you want to go somewhere fast, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And what you're describing in terms of community, you know, Connor, you sound like the catalyst. Like think the things are in place, and here comes Connor. Wah! Exciting, <laughs> exciting the 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 molecules or electrons or whatever you want to say. Uh, yeah. Uh, so okay, wait. I was about to go to a different question. No, 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 no. But I, I want. I want, I want can yeah, I interject please. on that on yeah. that thought? Because I like, like I said, like I, as a white person in tab dance, you know what I mean. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, come in with that attitude that I'm like the guy who who whose job it was. You know what I mean to do the whole thing. I'm trying to give the feeling, not you know, not be the like the face of anything you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's not my place to come and and do a solo on stage you know what i'm saying though i do because it is selfish right so my goal would be to because i i listen to the podcast right and rarely is philly mentioned you know what i mean as a as a hub and, and then my brain questions everything goes why isn't it why can't it be a place where people um you know, spend money to come travel here and and not to be capitalist, but you know what I mean? They come to see the shows on our Broadway or on mm. our like our arts district and stuff like that. So I'm like, why don't why do I have to go to auditions in New York City when I could be creating the auditions in Philadelphia? You know what I mean? Or I love it. And then, and then we have we have a lot of tap dancers. You know what I mean? We have people out here in not just Philly, but South Jersey. Um, well, not just South Jersey, but Jersey side, um, Pennsylvania outside of Philly. You know what I mean? All all in this area. So I'm like trying to create opportunity for everyone, and selfishly for myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear and agree with everything you're saying. You know, <laughs> you get, like you got to make it. Uh, let's not. Let's not. Uh, but I, I, I promise. Uh, the um, the rarely mentioning uh, Philadelphia is total ignorance on my part. You, you have to like believe me. Uh, it's total ignorance. Like the the documentary, plenty of uh, good women dancers, hugely uh, important to me. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, am I going to get this name wrong? Oh, um, Ruth Baby Edwards? Yeah. Killed me. Kill, yeah, like, floored me. Like, uh, uh, in, in terms of a study. Anyways, uh, very important for me. Uh, and I've been wanting to speak to Jermaine for a minute and a half. Uh, but back to the uh, question, like, what, what uh, can people expect? So, so you said it's uh, this year's the 30th anniversary of that documentary, which, uh, by the way, I'm uh, currently in post-production and uh, editing uh, my own documentary. It is not, uh, it is not easy. Uh, I, I hear everything that you just said, and um, I'm currently feeling overwhelmed. This is not about me. Listen, hi. <laughs> What uh, what can people expect? <laughs> what can people expect from uh, from the Brewery Town Tap Dance Festival in terms of programming? Um, I think the most exciting thing is that Jermaine will be involved. Oh come on! Um, she was our first call, and that was just epic because, like, I I think of her as a goddess on mm. high, and so to have her involved just felt like a real a boost for what we were trying to do. Um, and she's gonna be closing the weekend with Diane Monroe, who's another like legendary Philadelphia jazz violinist. So God, you know, who knows what they're gonna do. It's just gonna blow the whole 
thing open. But um, the closing concert, though, I feel like I like how it's forming because it's not like everybody gets up and dances. I really want it's. I think it's going to feel very transformative. Mm. Um, and then prior to that, uh, if we go backwards, we're actually going to end on Broad Street, which is the the birthplace really of Philadelphia tap as we know it. I mean, we don't have a lot written about it, but we know that um, street corners were very important and um, and that you want it to be performing or dancing or busking on certain street corners to be seen. Yeah. And the corner that you wanted to be on was Broad and South Street, which is a major intersection. Um, South Street is a commercial kind of like cool place to be. There's like shops, and stuff, but you know, back in the 1930s, or 40s, that would have been the place. Hmm. So we're doing a tap history walk with Robert F. Burden Jr. Um, to various places where different theaters would have been um, along there. Hopefully it won't take, and Robert can really like take over a whole afternoon, but he only has a couple of hours <laughs> so <laughs> to keep him uh, on a short leash. Um, and then really trying to incorporate, you know, as many folk that, um, that grew up here as we can, and then incorporating live music at the same time. So there's classes happening at my studio. We also have a youth element where there'll be a youth showcase. And then as much as much jamming as we can possibly fit in around the neighborhood after all the classes are over. So the goal is really to have people who travel with us for a day or for the whole weekend. We would love it if people hung out all day and we just had like a really great hang experience like you know mm. come on a saturday we hang out all day we travel like we take class we jam we eat whatever i think that would be fun yeah. and it would really like make us have a great memorable experience um and just because like i always feel like the best part about any tap event is the hang like you know it's not yeah. even the class it's like let's go out to eat you know yeah, what, you do, what you doing after oh, yeah right where are we gonna eat like that's the the thing yeah so just you know that kind of that kind of feeling like it's not like you're coming in and just grabbing something and leaving like you're going to hang out for a while right mm -hmm. and, and then we're also going to have um various like extras like there's a cutting contest which connor's going to be in charge of and we're giving away we're giving away omara oh yeah giving away okay too. okay i like it yeah, shout I out like to it. omara flores you know uh where can people register um we took the domain of brewerytown.org mm -hmm. so that's it okay um yeah, yeah you heard it right here um don't you know before it's too late go register don't sleep on it uh you need this information uh you need this in your life uh, when is the festival exactly november 17th through the 19th that's like tomorrow D hey as hey, you're listening started, go on your phone we, we started this yeah. I believe in July. We yeah. said it in oh July. My gosh. <laughs> the bullet train. Um, okay, oh, yeah. so I only have I have only have two more questions for you, and they're just hyper selfish. I, I apologize. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, so um, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, uh, a name like Teddy Hale. When you mentioned a name like Teddy Hale, it just it just like everything kind of stopped, and I had to like uh, slow down and and really like listen so I can remain present. But uh, uh, I'm curious about the culture um that you said was you know kind of gritty and adversarial and choppy getting it done in uh philadelphia the the street dancing uh you said to be seen was it on broad street broad street yeah well probably understand it would have been traveling on those corners um so, and so, Levon's really the only person that's really um mentioned broad and south street there's not much written i dig it, it. Uh, uh, my my interest is to um uh expand or free the dance which is naive but you know i'm not a naive guy what are you gonna do but uh but i'm interested in in um uh, at least freeing myself from the connection to minstrelsy and, and i know that you know the the second act of a minstrel show uh is is what they expanded to become uh vaudeville i imagine that uh, a lot of the people that were dancing on the street and wanted to be seen wanted to be placed or programmed in a vaudeville show is that right they wanted to work essentially is that yeah well yeah levon talked a little bit about that on on that documentary yeah. um and there is some written about it um there's a really tremendous academic cheryl willis who has a couple of books out there she's one about salt and pepper which is another unknown kind of tap duet um it would have been to get a job yeah um mm. 
There's also some um, interesting writing about how the Condos brothers and the Nicholas brothers were like Hollywood. I dig and so it. they were able to, con and I didn't even mention Nicholas brothers, they're from here. Um, they were able to break out of kind of the street corner and go on the movies. Okay. Um, there's like, there's something interesting about that to me that we haven't really explored. I think here that um, there was definitely a, a circuit in the jazz clubs and in the, I guess, vaudeville circuit where Philadelphia people could find a, a place and that salt and pepper book. They talk about that because they did a lot of traveling. Hmm. Um, and then there are people who made it, you know, and they got to move around. Juanita Pitts is another person that, you know, apparently had a really great career traveling and performing in really high echelon jazz clubs since she was wow. from here. Yeah, but I guess you would have been seen on the street corner. And I actually wrote something about that. Like, you know, today we have YouTube. Back then there was the street corner, right? And like, how would you be seen? You know, and there was no editing. So you had to be on your A game on the corner, right? Right. And so when you think about now, like, how do we get seen? We're competing with, tap dance competes with all kinds of dance, with all kinds of entertainment. And where are we? placing ourselves such that we are seen and how do we want to be seen? Are we, do we want to be seen as, you know, people that can do a fast step or do we want to be seen as people that are on the concert stage like Darn's Dance? Um, I think about that too. But back then it would have been um, the street corner. So, yeah, it's a tricky conversation in terms of like what uh, animates the person to get onto the street corner. I'm, I'm doing street corner in parentheses mm -hmm. because, you know, YouTube and Instagram and uh, TikTok are different kinds of street corners. But like what does the street corner um, do to enhance the, the culture that is experiencing it, uh, the people that right. are experiencing it? Um, uh, that's a question for another day. But I think like a similar question, um, you know, the Philly Jazz Tap Ensemble, mm -hmm. is there is there like a, is, is there a, what, can you, can you describe the, the, I was about to say stank, <laughs> can you just describe your approach, um, you know, as, as we, as we go from, you know, street corner to this, to this curated, uh, choreographed, um, 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 expansive jazz leaning space right. what do you yeah what do you i i was searching yeah, for a long time on how to create my voice in that because mm. i love to choreograph and i love music yeah. but it was a challenge for me to find like really it's the venue that come when it comes down to it where am i doing it like i was like trying it out in jazz clubs there's no space like what can you really do with a group of people yeah and then um three years ago i was in the midst of the pandemic and I get a phone call on and this woman's like I want to learn how to tap right and I'm like okay cool she starts talking to me and I'm like I know who this person is she's like oh I do I do this vocation I do this vocal and percussion and I'm like this person I know this person she's like a Philadelphia star her name is Bethlehem Robertson and I yeah. said is this Bethlehem and she's like yeah how did you know I was like well how could I not know I mean <laughs> So she came to the studio, we started working together as a duet and we started making jazz stories because tap was something she was coming into. She could definitely pick up, but we were trying to figure out a way to, to fuse text, vocation, um, dance, music, vocals, lyrics, I write. And then it has now snowballed to where I have a wonderful group of people, including Connor, who we can tell these jazz stories. So I'm focusing on making that my, my work where I'm researching different women in jazz or different people in jazz and we're telling a story mm. through text vocals and dance um the show we just did was um a look at terry pollard who was an underappreciated woman in jazz and so i sort of see myself doing more of that and using the storytelling element to to really bring out all the aspects of what tap can do i'm like i'm i'm more interested in like what it can do that i don't know about yet because I already know like what it can do, what I did 10 years ago, but like, what can I do with it in the next 10 years? That's completely different that I haven't even figured out yet. Mm. That's sort of what I'm thinking about. And, you know, it is improvisational. So it's a very improvisationally based um, group of people. And we have a structure for the most part, but a lot of it is improvised, which I like too. It also works with our schedules because <laughs> nobody really has time to be drilling lots of long phrases. So <laughs> 
So we, it's, and, and I think it really speaks to my favorite part about TAP, which is everybody is their own person. Everyone has their own sound. I love that so much. Mm. I love that I can go on and watch somebody and get completely drawn to their world of who they are through their, through their feet. Um, that like blows my mind every time. Like every time I watch somebody different, I'm like, everybody has their own sound, you know, and it's, it's so great. It's so beautiful. And everybody, every time that we do it, it's different. How cool is that? Mm. Every time we go on stage, it's different. Every time we have a different experience. I just love that. It's super beautiful that uh, the audiences uh, that come to see your work will be getting a unique um, and one-time only experience. It's it's beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, uh, the Brewery Town Tap Dance Festival is uh, fast approaching. Do what you need to do. Get online. Register. Uh, let's get that website out one more time. Brewerytown.org. You say it. <laughs> Brewerytown.org. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Brewerytown.org. Go get it. Uh, do yourself a favor. You're not going to uh, regret it. Pamela Hetherington, Connor Kelly, an absolute pleasure. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. To be continued. I look forward to um, learning and playing the uh the philly shim sham with you uh okay. very soon very soon yeah okay is there is there anything else that you wanted to add shout out Catherine schweingruber moving okay. gruber because okay. you know she's been helping us out she's been uh a main part of the trifecta helping us out get stuff okay. done yeah the power team yeah all right y'all i don't feel like i gave you a good um description of the field i mean the philadelphia scene but it's complicated you know like I in canada and i and i sort of get the sense that like in canada it's it's tricky to describe it in a politically correct way uh describe what <laughs> I, well, I i i fear i fear i'm not politically correct go on well i mean we're fractured mm -hmm. there's a fractured element to what we what, what's happening here i think the festival has really like kind of like warmed my my cold heart as to like what's possible because i was like oh none of these people are going to come and then they did you know mm. but like there have been periods of time where you know we don't speak and people don't come out to stuff and you get like all kinds of feelings about that and mm. um but i think that i don't know like i've often thought like the reason that is is because we don't have a, a real infrastructure in any city like there's people doing their own thing and we don't have something where we feel like we're working on a project together or we don't feel invested in the same things so of course people are going to go off and do their own thing yeah. and feel that way and so and then combine that with our general attitude which is like we all kind of stay in our caves and don't speak well then we get to this place where it's it is completely fractured in spots so um do i love i hate it honestly like for years i was trying to do community outreach and then i would get frustrated because like people would be like i don't want to come and i'd be like well then why am i doing it you know and you go into that place mm. i don't know what the answer is i think you know like you try, you have to keep trying stuff. You have to keep going and trying stuff. And because how much time do we all have on this planet, you know? And so let's just go and try it. And if five people come, that won't be great, but at least we'll, we'll have done something. Yeah. And you can't, like, you know, you can't make everybody come, you can't make everybody come along with you, but like the most you can do is create a forum where they could possibly participate. Yeah, there's something about the the culture that uh, is very informative. I remember visiting Japan in like 2013, and I witnessed people from different schools, um, mm -hmm. not only coming to each other's gigs, but like helping to set up. <laughs> it's like, let me, you know, wow. uh, there's like a there's like a, a bigger goal or or um, a, a further distance that everybody could see together. Mm -hmm. um, um, I don't know why that is. I don't know how that is, but uh, I imagine it has something to do with Japanese culture itself. Uh, you know, you know, I'm in my own like, oh, yeah. uh, place with it. And uh, it's it's getting to the point where 
you know, I, de- I, I certainly don't have the, the kind of, um, I, f- I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, like a nurturing quality that you've been, that you just described. Like I'm setting up a space, I'm doing these events. I want you to come It's outreach. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to help. Uh, I want to help foster this kind of thing. I definitely don't have that kind of, I think I don't have that kind of nurturing. It, it don't, it don't, you know, mm-hmm. wait, you ain't my child. Why am I, right. <laughs> where's your, where are your parents at? Where are your people at? Go, go, go on. But, uh, but um, what, what's in my mind right now, because of course, yes, fra- fracturing is a thing and I don't, I really don't know how to come together. Uh, but right now I'm looking for like-minded people yeah and forming community with them and that's i think i think uh you know the, the this last couple of years it has this just got like darker and darker and darker it's just it's just yeah. been um really intense and whenever i do get to see beautiful work i remember oh yeah i love this thing oh yeah okay um and so perhaps the the, the key to a good life is to curate um the things that I'm exposed to. So how do I, how do I get to see more of this good, good work? How do I get to smell more flowers? How do I get to hear more laughter from children? Um, and how do I attract, build, join that community? Um, yeah. It's about attracting, you know, putting out what you want to, you know, create and, you know, sadly, not everybody is like-minded in top. Um, I think the challenge for all of us now, because I'm 44, like, well, what do we want it to, to be? Because the yeah. masters aren't here. So what are we, what are we creating that's important and sustainable and something that people want to continue? Because like I say this all the time, if I, if today I decided the studio was over, nobody would give a rat's ass. Mm-hmm. It would completely be covered over by tomorrow with something else, a honey grow. Or what, I don't know if you guys have this in Canada, it wouldn't be even be there mm-hmm. because that's how niche we are. There's mm-hmm. so few people who do it. It's so fucking niche. Sorry, I do curse. Pretty it's so easy. fucking niche that like I can cut up, I can cut it off at noon today, and it would mm-hmm. probably be something else by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's how critical the work is. It's so critical and it's so important. And so we have to attract people who understand that urgency to continue it on. Um, I don't really know why I have this like fired up mission all the time. Like, why am I this person? I don't even want to be the person. I don't want to do it <laughs> half the time. I'm tired of the work. I yeah. work so friggin' hard. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, yeah, there, th- there's an importance to this because I, I don't know, like I was given this gift to do it. So I mm-hmm. have to do it, you know? And I, every day is, a, is, a, is the same like struggle, like, come on, let's go, let's do it, let's do it. And, you know, that's where the, I think the frustration comes like, well, why isn't anyone else doing it? Why do I have to be the person? Why do I have to attract like-minded people to do this work? Why can't we all just do it? You know, then it would be Oh, because we all can't do it. No, 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 no. We don't want every, every, we don't want everybody doing the work. No, 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 no. Because, you know, people have different ideas. Like, but But I hear that. I hear that. And I appreciate that. But it sounds, it sounds like, um, you have uh, a wonderful team in Connor, and I forgot the I forgot the name. What's the third name? Catherine. Catherine. Kath, Kathleen. Uber. Okay, it's, it sounds like you have a good team. Um, and yeah, I, I I used to listen to this podcaster. He said, um, "I don't need a bunch of friends." He says, uh, <laughs> "All you need is two people, and we can take over the country." And I believe that. I really believe that. Uh, it's a uh, it's a thing. And I'm sure you know by now um, that you can't really perceive the hearts and minds that you've affected and changed in your work already. Um, I know that I'm I'm saying yes, not in like a flippant way, but Mm. when my teacher shut down shop in Montreal, maybe two, three, four years ago, um, Montreal kept going. Uh, and the right. the myriad tap dancers that she's taught, only a few of them are, are pursuing it as a as a métier, as as a as a gig, as a as a lifestyle. Um, but to, but to me, you know, it all it only takes a few. It only takes a few. And if community after community after community uh, does the work, uh, I think this dance will be and is in, in a good 
place. Lastly, on on my end, um, I am also like working on uh, on the team for the Heather Cornell Legacy Project. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, it's 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 certainly not laughable at all because I, I understand the importance of of um, uh, preservation. I know that my mind has been uh, changed and elevated because of documentaries like uh, Plenty of Good Women Dancers, um, No Maps on My Taps and About Tap, all, all the things. And there's like this gigantic swath of information that Heather Cornell has access to in, in her life, um, whether it be as the AD of Manhattan Tap or her own solo career that lasted 20 years after uh, Manhattan Tap and, and keeps on going. Um, having said that, because of her lifelong work of influencing people like you, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure you know she added to the little, the, the spark that keeps on uh, being lit in your own soul. Oh yeah, uh, she calls me. I feel I feel like the. I picked up the phone. Believe me. <laughs> what, 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 uh, what I'm trying to say is the the work. Uh, reverberates even though uh it may not be in the form that that we're used to seeing or understand so good on you i, I hope uh uh through the struggle you, you rest easy and, and tap light okay uh much love on love tap up <laughs> um yeah big fan uh good on you thank you for doing this and uh to be continued yeah oh, i'd love that Thank you for listening to the podcast. Sign up for the Brewery Town Tap Festival at brewerytown.org. Brewery, oh my God. Bre, B, listen, B-R-E-W-E-R-Y-T-O-W-N.org. Brewerytown.org. Uh, if you like what you heard and want to support Tap Love Tour, then join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Travis Knights. Patreon is a service that allows people to support artists and creatives that make content that they enjoy or benefit from. If you're considering joining, know this. You will be contributing to the creation of new work. Tap Love Tour goes beyond this podcast. TLT is a production house that creates pieces, dance, music, vlogs, documentaries, all related to the dance. Uh, in fact, we're currently working on in post-production on a documentary funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and Tap Love Tour Patreon subscribers called Restored of a Culture, Jonathan Morin. It's coming out soon. We're also working on the Mars Project slated to debut uh, through Fall for Dance North in uh, 2024. There's a lot going on. I'm very excited. I have plans for collaborations that are now achievable over time with this Patreon model. You're all essentially Tap Love Tour micro-producers. So if you want to help us to create, if you want to join the Tap Love Tour family, then head over to patreon.com slash Travis Knights and join at any tier that you feel makes sense for you. We'll be back next time with another Wonderfield guest. Until then, much love, one love, Tap Love. Peace.